This August on Womanica, we're taking a trip through history to discover the stories of muses, women whose lives inspired work that's shaped our culture in small ways and large. Special thanks to this month's sponsor, Mercedes-Benz, whose own famous namesake was inspired by a young muse named Mercedes. Join us all month long for fascinating stories of women who are drivers of creativity, inspiration, and artistic expression. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about muses, women who are drivers of creativity and inspiration. Today's muse is perhaps best known for inspiring Virginia Woolf's novel Orlando, but she was also a prolific author in her own right, writing more than 35 books and keeping famously sensual diaries. Let's talk about Vita Sackville-West. Vita Sackville-West's lineage is something out of a fairy tale. Her grandmother was a famed Romani ballerina who had five children outside of marriage with a British baron. Vita, whose parents were also first cousins, grew up at her family's ancestral estate in England, which was called Knoll. When Vita was born in 1892, the Sackvilles had been at Knoll for almost 300 years. Vita was a rough-and-tumble child who loved adventuring around the estate's 1,000 acres with her trusty pocket knife. She was also insatiably creative. By the time she was 18 years old, she'd written eight novels and five plays. But at 18, Vita had to enter society. That meant four balls every week, luncheons every day. It also meant a line of suitors eager to charm this mysterious beauty. But Vita wasn't charmed by any of them. Partially because money and influence were normal to a future baroness, and partially because she'd already had several relationships with other women. After two years of balls and luncheons and suitors, Vita finally found her match. Harold Nicholson was the youngest officer in Britain's diplomatic service. He was shy and steady, and like Vita, he was bisexual. The two were married the next year in 1913. Vita decorated Noel like a theater. One of her girlfriends, Rosamund, was a bridesmaid. Vita and Harold agreed to have an open marriage. They could pursue relationships with whomever they wanted, but they needed to be honest about it. Soon, Vita became entangled with a woman named Violet. The two had dated on and off since they were young. They rekindled their romance and decided to run off to Monte Carlo and France together. Vita began dressing as a man and assumed the identity of Julian, a wounded soldier. She lived as Julian for four months, diving headfirst and deeply into the relationship with Violet. Vita even wrote a last will for herself, as though she were dying, and Julian was the survivor. Then Julian and Violet decided to elope. On Valentine's Day, Violet's husband and Harold flew to France in a two-seater plane. After much convincing, they returned, eventually, with their respective wives. Vita and Harold soon rebalanced their relationship. Both of them continued to pursue outside romances, just with a bit less passion. That is, until Vita met the writer Virginia Woolf. Vita was instantly drawn to Virginia's brilliance. Virginia was enchanted by Vita's worldly grace. In a diary entry, Virginia wrote about Vita, 
stalking on legs like beech trees, pink glowing, grape clustered, pearl hung. There is her maturity and full-breastedness, her being in short what I have never been, a real woman. Virginia ended up writing her 1928 novel, Orlando, out of inspiration from Vita. Some have named Orlando as the first trans novel in the English language. In it, the titular character, a poet, shifts between genders. Orlando ends up living for hundreds of years, meeting key literary figures amid many adventures. Vita's son, Nigel, later described the novel as the longest and most charming love letter in literature. Over the course of Vita and Virginia's relationship, the two women also sent each other scores of love letters. Their physical affair eventually ended. Vita was seeing other women, too. But Vita and Virginia remained close for decades until Virginia's death. Virginia also proved something of a muse for Vita. Vita started publishing her own work with Hogarth Press, which Virginia had started with her husband Leonard. In 1930, Hogarth Press published one of Vita's most successful novels, The Edwardians. She was seen as a popular writer at the time, even more so than Virginia. But even then, Vita knew that Virginia's writing was transcendent. Vita and Harold remained married until Vita's death in 1962. The couple was entwined in companionship until the end. Between the two of them, they published more than 70 books. And Vita, who later in life found endless mystery and stillness in botany, wrote a gardening column until the last year of her life. All month, we're highlighting muses. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.